0: All right, this is the Level Up Podcast. My name is Tyler Miller. I am a real estate agent in the Twin Cities here in Minnesota. And I put together a little podcast, calling it the Level Up Podcast, because I just feel that the bar in the real estate industry for training resources, providing actual value to realtors is very, very low. And um, the concept of this podcast is... I meet with top producers and influential realtors across the nation where the goal is to help raise the bar in the real estate industry and give other realtors or people considering getting into real estate a look behind the curtain, hence the curtain behind me, (laughs) um, as to what habits, hacks, and routines and strategies are used by the best realtors out there. So for those of you listening or watching, my advice to you is when you're you're sitting here and you're getting all this information from – Our guest today, please just do this. Take one or two things away. Don't try to do everything because you will not do any of it then. And I see realtors make this mistake time and time again. So write down one or two things that you took away from this and implemented into your business, and it will put you on a path to becoming a top producer someday. So, with that being said, I'm sitting next to the wonderful TK Taylor Kilty. Welcome, buddy. Thanks, baby. (laughs) <laughs> Glad to be here. So, for those of you who have never met Taylor Kilty, he is a national treasure. <laughs> he is w- one of my, if not my, best friend, um, and I'm very honored to have you as my very first guest on the Level Up Podcast. So, thank you for I'm taking. Completely time. honored. I yeah, I know you are. <laughs> You're also probably aroused, but that's a whole different thing. Different topic. Yep. Um, so, really quick, as I said, TK is an amazing amazing person, but he's also a pretty badass real estate agent and it has happened in a very short period of time for him and it's pretty amazing. And so he's not just, you know, a good looking guy in the room, you know, he used to build a like dunk and like, you know, he has some pretty amazing bodybuilding pictures online. You guys can find them later. Back in the day. You know, so yeah, he's, he's pretty amazing, you know, just in life, but he is an incredible real estate agent And I uh, wanted him to tell us a little bit about just your background. So, TK, first off, hit us with, you know, who you are, where you're from, your family, all that stuff.
1: You bet. Uh, Full name, Taylor Kilty. Um, In the real estate industry, people call me TK. Is it Taylor?
0: Is it James? What's your middle name? Yeah. Yeah, I could be a TJ if you wanted. TJ? No, it's a (laughs) TK.
1: (laughs) Yep. Um, But I've got a, a, a wonderful wife, Chelsea. Two baby boys, uh, Deacon and crew. We're over in Maple Grove. We've been there for a handful of years now. Um, absolutely loving life. Yep. Stumbled into real estate accidentally um, for one of our business partners, A.J. Petterson. Sold him uh, CenturyLink Internet door-to-door sales.
0: The goodwill hunting yeah. of, of the North Star Alliance, <laughs> A.J. Petterson.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Spreadsheets himself. Mr. Genius, yeah. Um, yeah, stumbled across... Um, Literally sold him CenturyLink Internet and he's like, We should grab coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. Um, uh, grab coffee and then a handful of months later he uh convinced me to get into real estate, join his team, and um
0: that was about five and a half, six years ago now. So quick follow up question to that. Did you answer the door or no wait, you came to his door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to his door shirtless? I did not. No, that was So that's <laughs> not why he wanted you to join his team. No, 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 no. Nope. <laughs> Okay, just wondering. You, know, you never That's know. A,
1: that was a secret for another day.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So tell people a little bit about your current business. So, yeah. Do you run a team? What brokerage you at? And uh, maybe just a couple of uh, stats so people understand the type of business you do.
1: One hundred percent. Yep. So uh, I do run a team. I'm with EXP Realty right now. We are the TK Homes team. Um, was a team member for a while mm-hmm. uh, on AJ's team. Went solo for two months and then got asked by a couple folks. Uh, friends of mine to start a team so um started the team so you were
0: asked to start a team yeah yep. that's pretty cool not everybody's kind of asked to start a team You know, yeah. What I mean? yeah most, i had, I had two guys like, i just wanted i'm just gonna start a team yeah but <laughs> was, people like begging you tk start a team bro well it's it it's kind of it was a silly
1: happenstance right i left aj's team to go solo i was gonna do the whole like hire an assistant and sell mm-hmm. a gazillion houses and yeah. then um two months in I had two friends. One was a past client of mine who was getting into the industry. Mm-hmm. The other was uh, a friend in the industry already. They're like, "You should start a team." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do a lot of that. That's a great,
1: okay. great idea.
0: But if that doesn't define TK, or <laughs> someone gives you like something to do, and you're like, "Okay," actually, <laughs> most times you're like already done. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> now it's now it's like that. It's mm-hmm. already done. Uh, five minutes ago. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so st- stumbled into the team thing. Uh, this is our second full calendar year as a team. Yep. Um, basically, we, we started mid-year uh, a couple years ago, and last year we did 96 units. This year we're on pace to do about 165, so maybe 170. F-
0: so in your first year running a team, you did almost 100 units. Yep. That's pretty incredible. Oh, thanks. That's awesome, dude. It's casual. And when you were a solo agent, you are the year before you started a team, you were in the 40s, if I recall.
1: Yeah, so so I brought Dylan on. Uh, I had one other guy who was kind of, um, kind of in, kind of out, one mm-hmm. foot in, one foot out kind of deal. Uh, we did like 46 units, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we did 46 to like 94, 95 units yep. last year,
0: and then yeah, and so now, as of this point, mm-hmm. um, in what are we in August yep. of 2023? Yep. You run a top 10 team at EXP in yes. Minnesota. Yep. Pretty amazing, dude. Thanks. Congratulations. It's It's been fun to watch. Um, Okay, so we got a little bit of background. He's definitely somebody that you guys need to listen to and can easily learn from. Um, What's your primary market, and what do you guys specialize in?
1: Yeah, Twin Cities area. Uh, Mm -hmm. and Try not to limit ourselves too much because growth uh, requires some sacrifice in that fashion. If you hone in too much and, and refine uh, you limit yourself especially mm-hmm. with the last year or two that we've had yeah. um, with the overall transaction count being so far down um, we specialize in um, I would say providing an experience mm-hmm. honestly um, we don't really turn away I don't do a ton of commercial uh, yeah. but in the residential side of things we have a new construction contract right now mm-hmm. so we do a lot of that um, mm-hmm. we've got seven neighborhoods uh, we do a lot of um, buy sell stuff we mm-hmm. have a few investor clients that we work pretty heavily with yep Um but right now, we're in just full growth mode, so yeah, uh, we're trying to service everybody that we uh, you know we can add to the arsenal.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so where can people find your business, and maybe more specifically, where can realtors who are listening find you mm-hmm. to either reach out to you or maybe learn a few things about your business uh, to help them?
1: Yeah, we've got the initial uh, social platforms going on right now. I've got a kind of a beginning YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always find me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, as well, mm-hmm. TK sells for the Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a collaboration page as well. It's jointkhomesmn mm-hmm. dot com. But they don't have to join your team to get something from that, right? Correct. Yeah, we have a we've got a, a national group and a statewide group mm-hmm. that are all fairly dialed in to a partnership level from a collaboration standpoint. Yep. Um, we're just out here trying to help as
0: many people as we can. Yeah. What's like one or two resources on your join tk homes website that a realtor might find and get something from.
1: Yeah, we have a continuous um, social content add-up. I do a lot of trainings mm-hmm. um, or a lot of just, like, helpful tips and tricks to yeah. kind of curve um,
0: the industry as a whole, yeah.
1: I guess, from a prospecting perspective, little conversion tips and tricks.
0: Yeah. No, some of those have been awesome. I've obviously followed you on on social, and, yeah, some of your uh, three-minute three videos on how to convert a lead or something mm-hmm. is, like – pretty pretty awesome. So, yeah, if you guys are not following TK, it's Taylor Kilty on uh, Facebook and TK sells on Instagram. So, check it out. Um all right, so we kind of already heard about your your real estate history, so just a quick recap. You were door-to-door salesman mm-hmm. selling CenturyLink. Yep. Okay? Just bringing people the internet yeah. all over the place. <laughs> just connecting. You were connecting people, yeah, right? Trying. Back then and you are now. So uh, you did that. You joined uh, A.J. Patterson's team at Angle & Volkers. Yep. You guys eventually became the top team at Angle & Volkers. Yep. And then A.J. made the transition to EXP. Yep. You went with. Mm-hmm. After a year or two, you decided you're going to go solo. Mm-hmm. You got begged to start a team. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. Now, now you're here. You're full growth mode and uh, top 10 team at EXP in Minnesota. Yeah. Striving right. for more. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get into the the meat and potatoes of the podcast, why people are here, TK. Whew. They want to go deep with you. They want to learn. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty simple, guys. I only ask my guests one question because we, we got to get to it, right? Um, the one question that I want to talk about with you today is what is the one thing that you do in your business that makes you a top producer? Let's go deep. Mm. So take Diving it away. In. What is, have, what is the thing that separates you from the pack that you do better than most?
1: Yeah, so, something that I've always learned, um, especially with the mentors that I've had in this industry, is that things shift so quickly that you almost can't see it necessarily. Mm-hmm. If we had a crystal ball, I mean, imagine where we would all be right now. Right. Um, I've, I've had a knack for diversifying business structure and understanding that it requires different platforms from a lead generation standpoint. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I've always grown up on on a a pillar structure for identifying where I want my business to come from.
0: So when you say pillar, mm-hmm. let's break it down really yeah. quick.
1: Like what what's a pillar? I'll give you a perfect uh, perfect example. Right now, a lot of brokerages um, in the state of Minnesota, at least that I've researched, are heavy on like tap into your sphere. Right. right? And that's all they preach. And they'll give education around different ways you can do that. Mm-hmm. But that's just one pillar. And I think everybody does need to have sphere. But yeah. if you were a sphere person this last year, your entire business would have been down 40% if you didn't have any other pillars in your business. Minimum 40%. Minimum, yep. Mm-hmm. And so when you have one pillar like that get crippled by 40%, where's your business going to come from now? Right. So I, I do a business planning meeting with all my team members around creating 4 mm-hmm. I've always had five or more. Ooh, the
0: secret pillar.
1: (laughs) (sighs) You're never going to see it coming. That's the, pillar. any
0: of the TK Holmes team members listening, they're like, son of a bee. That's how he's doing all these deals. (laughs) They only told me four. He's He's got five. Pulling this out of his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so so five pillars. And, like, so I talk about the same thing um, with my team. And the way, I mean, this is just, like, a cheesy analogy, but the way I describe it to people is, like, it's like a, like a foundation. Like you got to look at your business as this like skyscraper, right? Like you want to, you want to make it go as tall as possible, but you can't start building it until you have a solid foundation. And the solid foundation is supported by usually four pillars on each corner. Right. Yep. And so it's like, it's so important for anybody listening to understand. You can't just come in and put one pillar on one corner because that fricking skyscraper is going to be lopsided. And as soon as there's a little wind, that thing's going down. She gone. She gone. And guess what? If anybody here in the industry has paid attention over the last year and a half, there's been some wind that has uh, a lot of knocked them. over some <laughs> big old skyscrapers yep. because it was not it was built on nothing, nothing. You know,
1: honestly, and it's and it's kind of sad. I've seen a ton of experienced agents that have built a really, really good business on Sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, even this year, still, because the impact was truly last year, but it's falling into this year pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. They're super down. I mean, the transaction counts maybe 25% of what it was last year. And and my other thing is when you have people teaching around the volume stature and people are so heavily around, I need to do my $12 in volume. Well, if your transaction count is down heavily, it doesn't matter what your volume's at. Because if you had one deal at a million bucks and your volume's
0: a million bucks for the year... You're you're down eleven, so it's such an important point. I think every realtor loves to talk about their volume mm-hmm. because that equates to how much money they've made, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But I've always been a huge proponent of units. I can control units. Correct. My effort and actions can lead to units. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily control volume. I mean, yeah, I guess if all you did was only luxury and you didn't, you someone reached out to you and they were like. I want to buy a house for three hundred thousand. You're just like, I don't do that. Sure, I guess you can control volume, but most people are not in a position to push away business currently. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a great point. Anybody listening, like, build your goals based on units, please, mm-hmm. um, and base it on your average sale price in, the, in your general market, and just know that if hey, if you if you have a really high sale price a few times, like that's just a cherry on top.
1: Yeah, hundred you know? percent. It brings the average up, and I, I think. One thing that I've really noticed, I've always been a transaction count person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's one hundred grand or a million bucks. Like, yep. I just want to help as many people as possible because I learned early on from mentors and other industry partners, um, it's a race to 100 past clients. Because the second hey, you get on. there—
0: Say it, Say it one more time. It's, That's, a, it's such an important thing to understand, everybody.
1: It's a, it's a race to 100 past clients because a lot of people spend, you know, 10, 20 years chasing leads all day long. And if you truly want to run this business the right way and, and get to a point where you know flexibility is an option for you, you need to have enough past clients to be able to take care of and get a good VIP list going so that you can have referral partners and cheerleaders. Absolutely. Um, and back to the, to the volume thing, I, I have learned a trick around this too. So if you want to be able to control your volume, you have to have a transaction count and a pillar structure business where you can actually manipulate the target audience of having enough leads to be able to pick it. If you don't have enough people coming in, you're going to take everything and anything. Right. But if you have enough structure around where your business is coming from, you can get selective and then you can bring in help if you have a good enough showing agent model for either a team or a solo agent if you have partners at your brokerage. The only way to manipulate price point is by having enough tools in the tool chest to leverage when those opportunities come around. and um, if you have a really good foundation around those four to five, maybe six pillars, you can start adding in different habits mm-hmm. on a, you know, if it's a weekly checklist that you're doing, you can put things in place that will manipulate your price point. Because there are yeah. some things you can do. For instance, the, the people you get in front of and have conversations with will directly correlate with where your price point is going to be. Right. Affordability is a very predictable thing. Depending on occupation, depending on what people want to do, price point, friends of friends, that's a manipulatable thing. But if you are so particular on trying to drum up business and you don't have that
0: structure in place, you're never going to be able to control it. I just said that on a webinar we did a couple of days ago where I used an example of like a luxury brand brokerage. And you yeah. plunk them down in the middle of like a country somewhere, like the middle of the country where the average sale price is 150000 Sorry, they're not going to sell luxury. Mm-mm. It's just not going to happen, you know? So you have to, yeah, you have to make sure you're surrounding yourself in an environment where you can raise that price point. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, I think agents get really wrapped up in 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 that. And it's like, to your point, if you just get 100 past clients, mm-hmm. right, now that pillar of your referral business is going to be the strongest pillar of the five that you have because you're cheating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> And it's gonna it's going to um, it's gonna keep you profitable forever right you're gonna I mean in a, in a market that's shifting maybe you're down but you're still if you have a pillar of business like that you're gonna survive you know what I mean <laughs> so that one I believe what you're saying is probably one of the most important ones right referral based uh, sphere business right yep so let's move on to a I oh, actually
1: nope. divide them in half, okay it or not? So if let's let's do all five quick. So I count past clients as a separate one because I count past clients and referrals differently. So mm-hmm. I'll do sphere as just acquaintances, people I know, family, friends, all that jazz. But then a past client is somebody that's experienced my level of service already. Right. So they they have a different bucket because some sphere people I am trying to prove. And set an example of the type of work you have available. So I treat them a little bit differently. Different marketing, a... different messages. Correct, yep. So I have a different value perspective for them than I do a past client because now it's maintaining that level of service that they're already getting used to experiencing, mm-hmm. whereas I'm doing more of seed planting for Sphere so that I can get them in the door. Right. Now, that's just two. My other one is I'm a really big fan of referral business. So and what I mean by that is there is there are numerous really successful referral Business structures, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, an Op City account. Right, that was one that I used early on in my career, and I did twelve in a year because I honed in on the platform. Mm-hmm. So by taking a referral-based platform, that was business I was never going to get. Yep. And so I used it to jumpstart personal business because it was a road to a hundred. Right. Right. And so, and how many at- referrals have you gotten from those people over the years? I mean. Well, my average refer- – I'm, I'm at about 0.4 referrals per client right now. Yeah. So almost half of my clients have given me a referral. Right. That's uh, amazing. And that's what I – that's another part of the – when you get to the skyscraper and you're building it, that's like level two. Mm-hmm. And so as you build the foundation, after you've built it, you can start adding things in to make it taller, Yep. which then ultimately makes it grow, where you can increase your referral percentage. You can introduce – Conversations. There's little tips and tricks that you can add on top to get your building higher. Right. And so that's really where it, it kind of snowballs. But let's get back to the, the pillars at hand. Yeah. Um, one of my f- personal favorites, though, is definitely paid leads. Paid leads? Mm-hmm. I've always been a really good paid lead person because I know how to handle them. Yeah. If you have proper training towards how to work team leads or paid leads, you can
0: get really good at them. And they'll be your best cheerleaders. But wait, so you're saying I have to invest into oh, yeah. 100%. my business? I have to spend money? Yes, you do. Huh. Weird. Okay. Absolutely. So you'd say that that's pretty important. That's been very successful for you. Because yeah. a lot of people will say that they don't have very good success with paid leads.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Most of them don't. And I, I would say that I, I don't think it takes a certain type of person to be able to convert team leads, I think it takes proper training on how to handle them. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people don't understand the number of contact attempts it takes to really get in front of people the right way. Um, I can tell you this statistic. If I've ever gotten in front of someone that's a paid lead, it's about a 96% close rate Mm -hmm. because... I'm 96.1.
0: Yeah. That's an inside inside joke (laughs) to me, TK. He's always 1% better than me. (laughs) To this day. (laughs) To this day.
1: Um, But I think, like... If you can get in front of these people, that's the most difficult portion of conversion. Yeah. They're, if you're looking at the funnel from a conversion standpoint, the getting in front of them is the hardest part. But once you're there, they're most likely to listen to you. Mm-hmm. If you set the right expectations and give them a proper expectation of what working with you, a above average agent, yeah. hopefully, uh, is going to look like.
0: So give everyone listening one tip like the biggest, most important one for having a great con- – like getting in front of somebody, right? Because I think a lot of people can shine when they get in front of someone. Yep. But I agree with you. Getting that appointment yep. is, like, the the toughest piece of internet leads because they're just, like, they don't know you. They don't trust you. Why would they meet with you if you don't have a house to show them? So, like, what is your one thing that works most of the time? Um, from a conversion, like – just like Approach. getting in front of people, like like what do you what do you think is your secret sauce to having such good success? To get in front of them with paid leads.
1: Okay, I'll give you two sides of the coin. Getting in front of them, I do have a secret sauce. It's mm-hmm. my invite. Mm-hmm. It's ultimate success rate is incredible. Um, it's the would something like that be helpful for you?
0: Phrase. Do you say it like that with that? Yeah. Sexy voice. Would something like
1: that be helpful <laughs> for you as well? Um, I have literally tested this this is my favorite thing about paid leads too the conversion rate expectation is fairly low so there's a lot of practice in there mm-hmm. so i spent a lot of time just calling people and playing around with my strategies but the number one way i got my conversion rate so high from a paid lead or any any lead source that's not a sphere member really is is any introduction that was outside of somebody that i know mm-hmm. was how to properly invite them to a meeting mm-hmm. Number one, identifying and qualifying what they're actually looking for. Number two, what their timeline looks like. And number three, what their actual hotspots and objections are. Mm -hmm. Because I actually use their hotspots as part of the way I ask Mm -hmm. how to get the meeting in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I always started off with no matter – I have to qualify them a little bit. I have to understand what their pain points are, why they're inquiring, what they're looking for, right? So let's say it's a referral lead coming in and – They've been looking for a little while. They haven't Mm -hmm. had any success. Um, They don't know where to start. They're a first time home buyer. The very first thing I say is, hey, you know what? I completely understand. I've had a ton of clients that have been in the exact same situation you have. So I start with a third party introduction. And then I go into, you know what they found to be really, really helpful is grabbing a cup of coffee go into a happy hour, running through the 10 steps of how to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Because right now, the market changes every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to have enough information in the tool chest to make an intelligent decision for your family. And so what they found was it's really, really good to go over where money comes in. Mm -hmm. So it's an expectation setter. It's a good way to go over timelines. If they're in a lease, if Mm -hmm. they need to navigate some sort of timeline, they have a house to sell, what those timelines look like. It's a good way to go over how to navigate being in a competitive offer situation if Mm -hmm. they're in a tough price point. Mm -hmm. You can go over that. And then I I dive it into an actual formal invitation after this. So I use two to three hotspots to relate to them. And then I follow it up with, oh, you know what? Would something like that be helpful for you as well? Yeah. In probably about 90 to 95% of the time,
0: it's helpful. You're not going to say no to that if you're a consumer and you just hit on all my hot... Spots. You're just asking a simple question. Would that be helpful? Yeah.
1: Yeah, like if, if you're if you're a traditional first-time home buyer, the few things that you're concerned of is being sold something. Number one, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Number two, what money do I need to come up with? And I'm really concerned about where I'm gonna live. Yeah. And so if you if you touch on like the three main points, hey, let's go over where money comes in. Let's go over how to navigate the market and the location you're looking for and then I'll, I'm going to show you personally the 10 steps on how to do that. Right. There's no way they would say no. Game over, yeah. Or if they do say no, they're not a real buyer. That too. Yeah, so it's, it's a, a good way to qualify. weed them out. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way to fully qualify and weed out people. Right. Now, here is the other tip and trick. Oh, well, I keep getting ghosted. Well, right when you get that invite down, you put them in appointment set status, yep. right? Now, I'm setting up a calendar invite, and I'm telling them exactly what I'm going to do after that. OK, you guys, so here's what I'm going to do then, because I've mm-hmm. got a meeting set up for 10 a.m. tomorrow at Caribou down the road from where you guys live. I'm going to send you a calendar invite with the address, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to send you a text message so you have the quickest way to get a hold of me if something comes up. Yep. So keep an eye out for that text message, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. So I'm setting an expectation of setting expectations. Right. So it's giving them an example, and subconsciously, they're seeing what working with me is going to be like. I'm telling them the next two steps. Yep. Always. Yep. That you get into the process. We meet and we do a buyer meeting. We go over the ten steps of how to buy a house. Here's where the conversion jumps. The second I do that, I then tell them what we're going to do after that. Right. So it's doctoring in every fashion of you every give step. Give them
0: something to do that that you're going to do for them because yep. what are the three things that people need in order to work with us? They have to know us, like us, and trust us. Mm-hmm. They. They don't really know you. They kind of like you. You're probably fun to talk to, right? You know, you give them a little, "ho yeah, or whatever on the phone. (laughs) And, like, they like you, but they don't really know you and they don't trust you. So if you send them a text, even better, I think a video text, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, this is – I'm feeling like I might know them a little bit more. I see a face. I see a face. And then to trust – The trust is built because you're setting up like little things that are easy to accomplish, but you're showing that you're going to accomplish them for them right now, Mm -hmm. which is just making you a reliable person, a reliable advocate for them. And that's something I learned uh, a lot from AJ, Mm -hmm. um, your former team leader, um, and he's helped a lot with our internet lead conversion as well. So, yeah, that whoever's listening, that works 100 yeah the feel really felt good. found mm-hmm. that you talked about relating to them letting them know they're not alone and in, in their uh in their thoughts of like oh gosh i'm just nervous about this you're like yeah well i've had many clients that have experienced that same thing and here's what we do to fix that and like that it, it's so important to make people feel comfortable but uh let's get into the rest of the pillars so you yep. got let's recap we so have sphere. three pillars so far yep sphere. sphere past clients is separate past clients is a separate sphere because You treat them a little bit differently, different messaging. Maybe you do some VIP type Mm -hmm. gifting or uh, events, Popeyes, right? Because you're not inviting uh, a lead in your database to like a brewery event. Like that's separate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We have
1: a we have a a different event style structure for that. Yep, we have a a VIP structure. So call that an A buyer Mm -hmm. or an A seller. We have a B, which would probably be like a sphere member that would probably use you in the event that they want to do something, mm-hmm. or a really high qualified lead. Mm-hmm. And then you have a C, right? Yeah. Which is like, I want to earn their business somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a little bit of outreach for that. I'm gonna kind of work for it. Right. Show them my work ethic there. Right. So there's three different categories that I put people in for that one. Okay. I love that. So so let's rattle them off. And actually, I think we've done four. So sphere, past clients referral programs mm-hmm. and then paid leads like actual referral programs investment.
0: like op city fast expert yes ojo ones. where okay. so if you guys don't know referral um sites you know like a op city they'll send you a lead if you close they send you a lead for free mm-hmm. if you close it you pay a referral fee back to them 100 percent. yep okay. yep not so not a 100 it's, it's not 100, it's
1: a pay to play kind of game but at least it doesn't require upfront cost
0: Right. And yeah, I've had so many agents over the years, um, not not just on my team, but in just in the offices and stuff, complain that there's this referral fee that they got to pay. And I just always look at them and I'm like, well, if you don't want the lead, I'll take it. Like if you don't want free money, I'll take it. So I think we all got to stop complaining about the referral fee because like you said, it's a long game. Mm -hmm. Unless you're near retirement, you're going to be in this industry for a while. And those people, I think, I don't know the exact stat. I want to say the average person moves like four or five times yeah. in their lifetime, right? Which could so, be 6 eight transactions. So like the internet leads are typically, a lot of them are first-time home buyers or they're just early on because they don't have that established relationship with a real estate agent yet. And it's like, so if, yeah, maybe you got to pay out a 30%, 35% referral fee up front, but five years from now, maybe they've moved another two times and that's money you wouldn't have had without that one referral fee. Well,
1: I'm also like, I'm also putting a bet on getting a referral from them. Like that's where the profit margin comes from, right? right? So if you set a really good expectation in your, in your buyer meeting, going over the type of service you provide and why you provide it. Yeah. And, and like my line is like, You guys, everything that I've built up until this day is to do one thing and one thing only. It's to create such a ridiculous experience for you that all you want to do is tell all your friends and family about it.
0: Yeah. You're already setting that expectation. I
1: set the expectation that I want them to tell all their friends and family about it. And so as I bring it up more throughout the process, I can leverage little pieces of that to build my house taller. And then I can have different little things in there of ways of outreach to create more interaction with those clients or those leads for instance, hey you guys, we're having a tough time selling this listing. Do you know any friends and family that would like that would maybe fit into this category and use an existing listing that your team has or your brokerage has to get into it, just a conversation. Right. We all know it's about conversation. So if you have enough conversations around actual real estate related material, yeah. You can just stumble across deals. And that's right. what some of my highest producing agents on my team always get so frustrated with me because I'll literally pull deals out of my ass <laughs> because of this structure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, and it's you, just because like, you're just having more conversations than most people. Yeah, and it's That's how, the name of how the to game. figure it out. Yeah, yeah, how to find
1: more conversations, and it's just, it's making up an excuse to just like want to talk to your friends. Right. Yeah. yeah, like I don't really care if I talk real estate for more than one sentence. No. But hey, you know what? You guys I had a client lose out on an offer in your neighborhood. Do you know any neighbors that want a really cool friend to join the neighborhood? <laughs> no. Oh, cool. Well, how have you guys been? Yeah. Anyways, how, how's the family? Yeah, exactly. What do guys? How's your summer? Yep. Yeah. And now it's a talk point. It's a touch point. We all know the thirty-six point rule. Try to talk to people thirty-six times a year, three times a month, mm-hmm. some way or another, via digital, online, text, call, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and if you want to know that, that's a different conversation. But yep. feel free to reach out. Maybe Love another. About maybe another level up. Level podcast. up. Level up to the level up. Level up
0: the level up. Yeah. Get to level three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right now this is level one. Yep. We're, we're, Build your giving, foundation. we're only giving one level of the 10-level system with TK
1: <laughs> The 10 level up, 10 steps <laughs> of leveling up.
0: All right. The anticipation um, is killing me. What is the fifth pillar?
1: There is no fifth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, just no. Totally, totally, everybody's waiting for the fifth. You're like, I was kidding. It's only four.
1: Yeah. The, the fifth is actually all of them combined. <laughs> mm. No, I'm just kidding. It's industry partners. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't know what industry partners is, this can be anything you want related to houses, okay? And so when most people think industry partners, they think people in a transaction, which is true. It could be a lender. It could be an insurance provider. uh, It could be a title person. Those are all valuable resources. But Mm -hmm. if you think about this a little bit differently, those are all pieces of the existing process, right? Yeah. And so reframing that where where they come across the leads st- structure usually starts on our end anyway. So I like to diversify people around the housing industry as a whole. So I'm going to partner with contractors, electricians, plumbers, people that I need that might get on the intro level of you know some sort of process where they might come in contact with somebody that might sell later. Right. I'm not necessarily looking for the hot leads from them. I'm looking for the well, hey, like you, you called me on here to do some landscaping. You guys are getting ready to sell? Like you trying to get some curb appeal going? What do you, what do you want? What's, what's a project yeah. for? Um, or they're doing a bathroom remodel or a kitchen remodel, right? Is this for personal pleasure? Or are You guys trying to do uh, an ROI return right. for selling your home later? It's if you connect yourself with people and you take care of them by leveraging your past clients and introductions to those contractors, you build rapport with them and they want to support you just as much as you're supporting them.
0: Yeah, so referral partners, I call them business partners, whatever you call them. It literally is the thing that changed the trajectory of my business. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was starting out, we had I had a lot of success right away, but to get to that next level was for sure aligning myself with business partners that are advocating for you and sending business. So that's one that I know so many agents like underutilize. Mm-hmm. Um, they think, well, I'll just send all my business to this one person or I'll... I don't know. They just think that magically business is gonna come to them and and you gotta go out, you gotta meet these people, you gotta do something for them. You gotta care about their business and help them and the right people that you wanna align yourself with will turn around and and hand you business right back. And it's like, Oh my god, I got a free lead today. Like, thank you, you know. And it takes work too though. Mm -hmm. Like because people think that
1: in this industry, like I'm gonna have people calling me right away, right? And What, I'm my sixth year now and I finally have people the last couple of years start to call me right. um, past clients sphere, just because they see me on a social presence level or whatever it might be but it requires work this one especially you have to find a way to bring these people up whether it's a, a monthly campaign to your already existing database saying hey, we just had a client do a bathroom remodel. If you'd be interested in seeing what some of the new trends are for some of these bathroom remodels, please let us know. We've got a contractor that does really, really good work. Mm-hmm. They could give you a couple ideas Yep. if this is a project you're looking to do in the next year. So when I do these outreaches, I'm giving a very blanket timeline in the next year is my most common one because nobody thinks about doing it in the next month. It's just a, an excuse to reach out, right? right? But letting them know you have a guy so that... They're always coming to you for help. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to be the go-to person. It's not like I'm going to do all the stuff for them. It's just I want to be the connector. And that's one thing that I learned in my business was if I just connect people with the appropriate people, they'll know me as the person that has a guy. Yeah, you become the guy.
0: Yeah, for everything. Yeah. So, well, I hit the table there. Sorry. Um, The five pillars that uh, TK talked about are super important. I think the big takeaway that everybody should have is. You can call them pillars. You can call them whatever you want. I, Buckets of business. I, I, I use the phrase sometimes, ha, have enough lines in the water mm-hmm. if you're going fishing, whatever. Yep. You know, do not get, like, I think there is something to be said about honing in on your your skill, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you would agree with me. Out of the five pillars, you probably spend more time with, like, one or two of them mm-hmm. than the other Ones,
1: yeah but there's definitely like stronger
0: right. forms of pillars yeah so we're not saying to treat everyone equally but don't just have one or two pillars and be like I don't do anything else I have so many agents that say well I'm just referral based yep and I'm like yeah I get that but like that's a dangerous game to play like that's cool and 90% of your business can be referral based but you need to be doing some other things for when the the waters get choppy it gets a little windy market starts to shift. Like Otherwise, you're you're solely dependent on what the market's doing. It's like you want to make your own market.
1: For agents that are really committed to their business and they take tracking really seriously, um, the way to structure this properly would be to uh, create a spreadsheet, track it, understand the different ratios of where your business is coming from, like the percentages for each bucket, commit to that much of your time. Let's say you're working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. Do the percentage of time create a weekly checklist around the activities that are going to generate business, get rid of all non-income generating activities, and then commit to that amount of time. Do a 1 through 40 or 1 through 50, depending on how many hours you're doing, allocate the number of hours, and then create a weekly checklist mm-hmm. for that specific thing. And you will officially be doing all of the activities on a consistent basis every week of every year to drum up the appropriate amount of business. So what was it? The history was down de- or a... Uh, the history of the market down 40% last two years in a row, mm. something like that?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, in the last two years, we're down about 50% total.
1: Total, okay. So if you're down 50%, this structure will literally prevent you. I've done 35 to 40 deals the last three years in a row, allocating no additional hours towards my business by having this model. Yeah. As you allocate more time to things that dry up, you can delegate that time towards your other pillars. Yep. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, our, our team is also on pace to beat last year which is ridiculous. You we know,
1: just okay. beat last year already. Did you we're, really? We're approaching 100 right now.
0: That's incredible, dude. That And the, that doesn't just happen by accident, right? As you guys can all tell, TK has a plan. It's very casual. Yeah, very casual plan. But all right, well, thank you for sharing all that. Um, I hope everybody who was listening uh, sharpened their pencils and took a few notes. So moving on to uh, something that I think is even more important is personal life. Oh, yeah. OK? So. I like to ask this question, too, because I think so many agents, they are so much seeking that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you meet people who are successful in real estate, but they're miserable in their personal life or whatever. And at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Like, you're not taking any of this money with you. You can help as many people as you want, but if you don't have deep relationships with anyone, like, it's kind of empty. You're not on the road together with anybody. Right. So anyways, and and it might not be relationships. It just could be happiness in your personal life. So. My question to you is, what is a hack, a routine, or a habit in your personal life that you value most that has significantly improved your life, your quality of life?
1: Sure. Um, Something that uh, Chelsea and I have done recently, I think it's probably going on maybe seven or eight months now, Mm -hmm. uh, that we have really just valued a little bit more than we thought we would Mm because it's kind of a casual thing. Um, We all know this industry is absolutely ruthless when it comes to time. Yeah, um, And we don't always get to do, like, I want to do a date night. I have two kids. I, finding a babysitter every freaking week is brutal. So yeah. we did something a little different. We have a very particular routine for our kids. And so it's very predictable. 7 o'clock, 7.30 rolls around. Our kids are in bed. We can't go out or do anything. But we love games. And so we do, every Wednesday uh, evening at about 7.15, 7.30, depending on when the kids are in bed, we do a hubby-wifey game night. That consists of whatever we want. Uh, it could be board games. It could be Mario Kart, which you've joined in a couple mm-hmm. of times, right? Yep. We do something that gets our mind off of kids that we will genuinely just enjoy, and it can be as casual or as competitive as we want. We all know Mario Kart's pretty freaking competitive, <laughs> but there's yeah, you a, make little wagers. Yeah, we got yeah. little wagers in there. Little little <laughs> gifts on the line. Little golf outfit. Chelsea's owes me. It's gonna be great. There we go. Uh, but it's little things that get the competitive drive. Because it brings you closer together, yeah. and it's guaranteed time that you will be uh, spending with each other. Here's what I like about it, though. If you know it's coming, it's something to look forward to. That right. late-night meeting that you yeah. have to do on a Monday or that dinner you have to sacrifice becomes a little bit easier when you know you're going to have that you know, two-, three-, four-hour game sesh right. every single week. That's really important, though, because if you don't make it a consistent thing and you don't put it in your calendar... You'll plan around it.
0: I was just going to ask: Is it in your calendar
1: every week, just like our Warzone night?
0: Warzone night—that's another fun little thing. But I agree with you. Like you, you said it just a second ago. Like it's just something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And like, I, there's lots of things that, that I do with with my wife and kids and stuff too. But for me, it's always been I—I take my day off on Wednesdays. Yeah. And in our industry, it's like no one takes a day off. But like, for me, I have to. Yeah. Because it is such a grind that, like, I always have something to look forward to. Like, on Tuesday, I had a long day. Mm-hmm. All right, we did our webinar uh, late that night. I was working all day, and I just, I remember early in the day, I was talking to a team member of mine, and I was like, you know what, but it's going to be okay, because tomorrow's my day off, and I yeah. can't freaking wait. Let's and, like, do it. And, like, it just gives you something to look forward to. It takes your, takes your mind off of work for a little bit. Um, but I do think in this industry, having that distraction of, like, a board game or a video game or something yes. where like you have to participate in it mm-hmm. is really important. Cause a lot of people will like, you know, I'm going to veg out and watch a show, which is fine. But I think you can at that point, grab your phone and then you start scrolling your email and you get back into work mode. And it's like, no, you need to be doing something where you're like totally immersed into it.
1: You need the interaction. Yeah. Like,
0: cause, Cause otherwise you will, if you are a top producer or wanting to be, you will eventually go back to work. Like it's no, just the way we're wired. You get you know?
1: sucked into it, right? Like in in Chelsea is just getting a feel for it. She's two months into yeah. her, her yeah, business. Let's give her, let's
0: give her a shout out for Whew. those in the Maple Grove area. Tell us what Chelsea can do for you. Maple Grove Card My Yard, absolutely
1: dialed in. Been in business for about three years now. Chelsea just bought it about two months ago. Um, she can set up signs any occasion. You can create your own. You can do birthdays, graduations, anniversaries. Um, she's got you covered in the uh, in the West Metro area.
0: Yeah, it's uh, she's she's crushing it. Yeah, every she's time I, a lot every of fun. time I talk to you late at night, you're like, yeah, Chelsea's out carding someone's yard right yeah. now. Like she's <laughs> she's busy. Yeah, so shout out to Chelsea, kicking butt. Well, and so that
1: that brings me to my next point, though. If you if you don't have something planned where you both check out, like we will do work dates together in front of the TV because yeah. we're gonna literally be on our phone. We'll be together, which is mm-hmm. awesome because then you can spend more time with your family. But we're both kind of in our separate space. You know, we can be kind of in our like, bubble. Yeah, we're in our bubble. We're getting stuff done. we got a TV show on. We can be dialed in. I can take some time off and listen to the show if I want, or yep. I can dial in, get some stuff done. But if you have something that you truly enjoy planned that you yep. can immerse yourself in, you will appreciate the time together, and
0: you'll grow together more, Yep, which I think is important. I love it. All right. Best advice you've ever been given?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, well, one thing that I look at, probably on a daily, weekly basis um, is my student loan amount. <laughs> <laughs> you still have some? I still have. I, I got about 20 left. All right. Uh, we're close. We're, we're... If,
0: if anybody wants to buy or sell a house with TK, he needs to pay off his student loan. <laughs> T- we're join join TKHomes.com. <laughs> um,
1: I, so I, I grew up, my mom was a teacher, so very, very heavily in the education system. Yep. It was just expected that when you're done with high school, you go to college.
0: Yep, I, I think, had. I think our generation, that was like, that's the That's thing, it. Right? But it's especially it. having a mom who's a teacher, like you're not getting yep. out of that one. But nope.
1: nope, nope. And so I, I think, and, and it's not so much as advice as just like things you hear, right? So, she was like, "Okay, so where, where are you going to college?" I'm like, "I don't freaking know. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. I have no idea what I want to do with my life." Yeah. So the first thing I did was like, "Okay, I'll go to I'll go to college, and then I'll just be a, a gym teacher, like her, athletic director, gym teacher, stuff like that."
0: Um, the birth of TK Chains. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: inside joke. Yeah.
1: Um, but literally, like I, I, I hated school. Like ADHD off the walls. Like I was always getting into trouble because like I couldn't focus. I wasn't interested in anything. Um, but I was always ingrained in sports. So I'm like that was the no brainer. So went through the school route, flunked out my first two years at Bemidji State. Mm-hmm. After that. I'm like, okay, well I don't really know what I'm gonna do with my life still. So I went into a different type of school. I'm like, I really enjoy, you know, hard work. So I went into like landscape architecture, mm-hmm. trying to find the calling because school was really it was just bestowed upon, right? Like it was just expected. Yeah. Um, well, I finally quit that and went into some sales stuff. Well, I met Chelsea and she's like I want to be together with somebody that's got a, a, a diploma, right? That's got a, a degree. <laughs> <As> Michelle said, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> I didn't blame her at the yeah, time. Yeah. I was working at Target. I don't want to date no dummy. Yeah, I was working at Target. Uh, you know, she was paying my bills, so I can understand where she's coming from. She's like, "You gotta, you gotta do something." So, went back into business school because I'm like, "Hey, you know, I'm kind of getting is now knack-. your
0: third stint in college." Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I, I tried to figure it out, and then I stumbled into real estate, and I finally convinced her. I'm like, I can't do this school thing. Like, it's not working. Yeah. Well, I got really good at real estate really, really fast, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that school yeah. shit. You're going to quit your job, actually. Yeah. yeah, And so that was finally what did it. And I think the the advice that I really retained was we hear it a lot where – Sometimes the best advice is to not listen to any advice Mm -hmm. and just follow yourself. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what I hold on to fairly dearly is you just got to figure out yourself first. Right. And then the advice that will help you go down the path that you're actually meant to be doing is the best advice that you can accept. Yeah. I got drawn down a path of just listening to other people trying to guide me down a path that they thought was right for me instead of what was right for myself. So that would be my biggest thing.
0: Yeah, I think that that's very profound. I think uh, almost any other person I would ask, what's the best advice? They'll have something that they were given mm-hmm. and told, and that maybe resonated, But you know, at the end of the day, maybe they don't actually believe it or follow it. So, yeah, we especially in the real estate industry, we get a lot of advice mm-hmm. from lots of people. There's, I mean, just type in real estate, whatever, on mm-hmm. YouTube, and, and there's going to be a thousand be a videos. people telling you exactly how to run your business and so we're inundated with advice 24 7 and i do think that is a distraction mm-hmm. so yeah i agree with you i think that's a great piece of advice is don't listen to every piece of advice that you hear yep trust your gut follow your north star and your uh and trust your intuitions yeah. and, and you know who you are deep down you know what you oh. want to do and you like you said you knew you didn't want to go to college you no. weren't destined for that no so you know you got to listen to mom i totally get that but you were right. When you're in your <laughs> her house, her rules. Yep. Um, all right, a couple more questions here. Uh, what's one thing people thinking about getting into the industry need to know about the industry?
1: Oh, this one's easy. So um, having agent count be a, a, a big deal in, in leadership for the industry, right? Like when you're growing a team, you hear different reasons people want to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, the number one thing I hear, you guys, this is not a flexible... Industry, (laughs) No. No. You are not going to be able to dictate your schedule, especially in your first couple of years, right? You have to grind, race to 100. Once you've built enough of that foundation, you know, get your pillars going on, you can build systems and structures in place Mm -hmm. to be able to create some of that flexibility. But at the end of the day, until you do that and then until you have a consistent basis for your platforms, it's not a flexible industry. You're going to be working. You're on other people's time. You're earning their business. Right. Through an experience. And if you care about people's experience, a lot of times you're not going to say no to that showing in the first day. You're going to try to grind and get in there. So it's not a flexible industry.
0: Yeah. We have a sign in the podcast room right now for those of you watching. I'll read it. It says, entrepreneur, a person who's up late working 100 hours for themselves to avoid working 40 hours for someone else. And to me, I I bought that one because it's – uh, a good reminder, but it's it's just very true. um you have to be willing to put in the work in this industry, and you're going to work way more than you would if you were at a nine to five okay However, to me, it's worth it, and why I would never take less hours and go work for the man again is because eventually you can dictate your schedule a little bit where like I said to you before we started, if if my son has a football game, right? In my calendar, that's an appointment that I'm not going to miss, mm-hmm. okay? But what a lot of agents don't understand is so they leave the office, they go to the football game, right? That's cool. When you get back home, though, guess who's logging into their email for the next three hours? You, the realtor, right? If you want to be successful in this industry, you got to work. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to miss a couple uh, appointments. I'm not going to take these or I'm not going to reply to these emails right now. I'm not going to get back to this person because I want flexibility. Mm-hmm. It's like you can have flexibility, but by the end of that day, you better have put in your time to run the business, to to get the race to 100 past clients. If you don't, you're going to fail out of this industry because it is not flexible um, to the point where you can do less hours. It's flexible to where you can work those hours in throughout the day if you want. The right?
1: flexibility comes from structure. Like you just said, if you have a calendar that you plug appointments in like a doctor, because I know that's your thing, like a dentist, Dentist, right? doctor, yep. If you do that, you can create structure around fitting in the things that you care about. But at the end of the day, the hours need to be found somewhere.
0: Yep. You ain't going to run away from it. Nope. I mean, get ready for 100 hours a, a week, guys. That's what this takes if yep. you want if you want to be a top producer. If you don't, then, yeah, you can work less, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, all right, one more question before the lightning round. Um, what does the future hold for TK?
1: This one's easy. Um, I, I love to help people. I like to be with my friends. I like, to, I like to give as much as I can. So the next handful of years looks like me building a business around bringing all my friends with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have a structure of team leaders within my team, and I have different opportunities of making money so that you don't have to grind your entire life, right? Right. That's one thing that is really notorious in this industry is it sucks. Everybody focuses on buyers and sellers all the time. Well, five years from now, I've got ancillaries in place covering my profit margins. I've got a team that leverages other people's abilities and strong suits from a management perspective. So I am hanging out with my friends, having a freaking blast, living life together, growing
0: Every single day. I love it. And I think it's very real. All right. Lightning round to wrap up the old level up podcast. So, we're going to play a fun game of overrated or underrated real estate industry specific (laughs) topics. All right. So, I want a quick. Overrated, underrated, answer. Okay. And then, like, a very brief explanation.
1: Okay. Like, is this pertaining to me or my team, or what is this? This is
0: pertaining to you in general. Like, Just me. Like, okay. well, how you feel about it in general and maybe why. Okay. Okay? So, number one, overrated or underrated listing presentations.
1: Overrated 100%. <laughs> okay. You don't need that shit. Yeah, and why? Uh, because it's a relationship. I think if you do a really, really good job and you provide and you're prepared. So I think I think it's underrated if you're prepared. Mm-hmm. Or it's overrated if you're prepared. Yeah. It's underrated if you have no idea what you're doing. Correct. Or if you're newer in the industry. Yep. Perfect. That that would be what I would say. Because if you know through experience how to navigate certain situations from selling, you know the area, you know maybe you know the person already. I think there is a certain place if you're going into rigorous like competition comparatively. But I have so many processes in place, I haven't used a listening
0: presentation in five years. Shocker. <laughs> I'm not shocked at all. That's why I asked the question. Um, 100% agree, I think, listening presentations, once you've established yourself, which may take a year or mm-hmm. two. Let's yes. Say. Yep. They, they are uh, greatly overrated because at the end of the day – People are going to work with you because they know you, like you, and trust you. And the biggest one of that is liking you. If they like you, they're going to give you a shot. So if you can go to a listing presentation and just, like, become their friend Mm -hmm. and show you have knowledge of the industry, that has to to be there.
1: You just have to show that you know what you're doing. And so if you don't, this is a good tool you can use to follow and teach yourself how to know what you're doing. Right.
0: But eventually you get to the point where you go through your analysis – and you're not necessarily going over marketing and stuff like that because people know that you do a good job and mm-hmm. you have the track record yep. you know so all right buyer consultations overrated or underrated underrated i love buyer consultations i also agree with you it is the like if you want to clear up like 25 problems a week mm-hmm. in your in, in your business just do a buyer consult up front with these people and then you won't have those problems anymore. 100%. But so many agents are just like, What, what uh, you meet with your buyers ahead of time?
1: A buyer consultation or a buyer meeting for us yeah. is exactly how you reduce those 100 showing clients oh. down to five showing clients. Well,
0: and the 100 problems after the yes. contract's accepted and they're like, well, what do I do next? And what, you know, it's like, remember the buyer consult? Oh, Every yeah, yeah, yeah. single thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Consultant. Love it. So listening presentations, overrated, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Buyer consults, don't miss. All day. Don't miss them, baby. Teams in the industry, just in general. Teams. Underrated.
1: Underrated? Yep. Yeah. The power of a team, if put together correctly, you will never be able to compete as a solo agent.
0: That's a no-brainer. Love it. Multiple offers.
1: Underrated. Why? If Why I, did you pause? I'm, because I'm trying to think from a... A buyer's agent buyer, perspective buyer, versus or, a listing agent right. perspective.
0: <laughs> From a buyer's agent perspective, overrated. Yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch. Another ten offer situation. Listing agent. Honestly, though, as a listing agent, sometimes it's a little overrated. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice where you just like you get one good offer. It still it's depends. a great yeah. agent. But I agree with you. I mean, I think you said over. You said under underrated. Yeah. Obviously, for our clients, it's fantastic. Yes. Sometimes for agents. As a listing agent, there's 15 offers on a property. The amount of prep work you have to do in negotiating all weekend long mm-hmm. is a lot, right? Yeah. I love I, it, but it's a lot.
1: If you position your client correctly um, and set good expectations and you know how to organize it, mm-hmm. I am really good at negotiating from there. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one of my tools on how I leverage getting so many listings is because of my abilities
0: through those processes. Right. So. All right. um, Brokerage, just in general. Hmm. Like the brokerage you're at? Yeah. Underrated. You think it's underrated? Uh Uh-huh. See, I totally disagree. I think it's overrated. You think so? Yeah, because we talked about this the other night. You're the brand. You're the, like, you right now, TK, could go to any brokerage Mm -hmm. and sell houses. I, know what, yeah, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, I know what you're getting at, and I have another question for you. Okay, let's hear but, it. But I'm just saying, like, just in general, you're, you are a person that needs to hang their license at a brokerage. Does oh, the, then it's overrated. Does the yeah, brokerage
1: – I was putting a different context on yeah. it. So well, I'm
0: going to say overrated if it's just
1: I need a place to go, it's overrated.
0: Yeah, like is the brokerage going to make you? No. Right? No. That's all I'm getting at. Okay.
1: So then yeah. if, if it's from a simplicity standpoint, then it's overrated 100%. It's a place to go.
0: Next one. Oh, god, EXP Realty, underrated, and
1: why? You can do anything here. Yeah, it's and as there's simple as three that.
0: Ways, three plus ways to make income mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, but I will say, those of you who are like, "Oh, EXP sounds great," I'd say it's an overrated brokerage if you don't join the right correct group. Yep, because it's twofold. The bro again. To going back to the previous, mm-hmm. the brokerage doesn't matter as much. It's it's the, the people, it's the people, it's the model, and it's the opportunities that you get with the right brokerage, I guess. But it's mm-hmm. so if you just like EXP is the best, and you just join it, it may it's not be not the good. best experience. No, it's not.
1: You know, hundred percent. You know, it is very particular. It, it's two sided for both
0: of those questions. Right. Warzone Knights
1: underrated. <laughs> oh seven. yeah, I need seven. <laughs>
0: So yeah, TK and I every Tuesday night with two other guys will play uh Call of Duty Warzone. And that is that is basically my equivalent to your Chelsea night. Yep. It's I turn my brain off for four hours and we yes. absolutely destroy people. Just so
1: you know, if you want to play us, you have to have a KD under one.
0: <laughs> I'm the <laughs> only one with a KD over one. And it's barely one. And it's barely one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, uh, I have a point four KD. <laughs> Very proud. I know my role. I thought it was point oh four. <laughs> no. I
0: should fight for that. That'd be great. <laughs> We'd get great lobbies. Oh, my gosh. We would. Yeah, having someone like TK in the group, which, by the way, I don't, I don't know why you're KD so low because you're not that bad. You're pretty good. <laughs> but, like, it helps us get in better lobbies, so I love it. Uh, I
1: just make sure that as long as I have two or three guys alive, I just find somebody that I can die a few times yeah. to on a rooftop somewhere right. to keep the KD
0: low, baby. Yeah. I know my role, and and we spent a lot of time laying low in some bushes. Just the, dude, the, the old bush, bush play.
1: That that should be the next question. Bush play. Bush play. <laughs> underrated, or overrated. Underrated, underrated all day so
0: far, dude. Like, there's <laughs> we watched a guy last night or two nights ago. Remember, we were spectating our team member, oh. and he pushed. Oh my gosh, he pushed a team of three. The team of three was on top of a hill, on a rock, on a rock. He had to run across the street, no coverage. Pushed up, didn't plate up. Nothing. He he, he had, had one a, plate. There was a bush on the side of the hill. He could just lay down in. Yeah, the zone was right. there. The zone. Yeah, he didn't have to play the gas. Nothing. And the dude pushes this team of three immediately. Just, just dies. Get annihilated. Then, like all you gotta do is the old bush play. Just lay down in the bush. They're not he, gonna find you.
1: He barely made it to the road.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What was it was a uh, Pringle? What was his name? Pringles, something Pringles. James Pringles. Jim, something like Jimmy that, Pringle. Jimmy Pringles. <laughs> Jimmy Pringles, if you're ever listening to this, you are terrible at Warzone. <laughs> you're worse than me. <laughs> Next time, lay down in the bush, bro. <laughs> All right, uh, date nights, underrated, underrated, absolutely love date nights. Days off, underrated. And when I, and I when I said when I wrote that down, I just meant like days off in our industry. Like I think everybody likes a day off, but like days off in our industry, I think are severely underrated. Mm-hmm. Like you. I don't, if you guys aren't taking a day off, like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Your clients will be okay with it. Yes, they with will the respect you. I had a client call me yesterday, a past client. She called me out of the blue. Hey, I got. I'm thinking I'm going to make my townhome a rental and I want to buy this other one. So I know it's your day off. <laughs> this is literally what she said. They, they lead with it. I know <laughs> it's your day off. I want you to have a great day with your family, Tyler. Do you have someone that can show it to me? And then let's talk tomorrow.
1: Oh, that's adorable. I love it.
0: Any realtor out there listening that hasn't had that happen to them, all I'm, all I'm telling you, all you got to do is put a day off in your calendar, put it in your voicemail, and you're done. put it in your email signature block, and it will happen. Yeah. And you know how amazing that was to get that <laughs> message, that, that voicemail? I listened to it because, again, it was my day off. I didn't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. I listened to the voicemail. She was like, just call me tomorrow. I know it's your day off. So cute. I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Love that. Um, okay. I love that for you. I love that for you. Um, when an agent says – I already know the answer. When an agent says, well, I've been in the industry for Overrated. 30 plus years. <laughs> I
1: do need to hear the rest of
0: it. <laughs> oh, agents listening, we don't care how long you've been in the industry. It doesn't matter. What have you done for me lately is all that matters at that point in time. Are you conducting yourself appropriately during that exact moment? 30 plus years in the industry or whatever, even if you've been one year in the industry, I don't care the second
1: i hear something that starts with a 3 meaning you've been in the industry for 30 something years i
0: ask why the hell are you still here right cuz that ain't going to be me no i mean i might have my license but i ain't going to be grinding at seven i'm not transacting no not a chance but yeah please please agents we don't we don't need to know how long you've been in the industry for it's it's irrelevant how many houses have you sold in the past 12 months mm-hmm. is a very relevant stat i like that yep. you know but if anything anything else i don't care no. Like, okay, you had your license for thirty years, but I haven't sold a house in five. Congratulations. Great. The market shifted twenty times in the last five years. You don't know what's going on. I love that for you. I love that for that person. Right. Um an epic hoya. Oh, yeah. Hoya. Very underrated. Yep. <laughs> it can never be overrated. No. No. We got our kids to do it now. Dude, how our kids it's... literally communicate with ho-ya's. Oh, and actually, fun fact, TK and I communicate with just weird noises 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. We just like, yeah, we don't actually <laughs> talk. We just call each other and, oh, and crew. Gro- groan in each other's ears. Crew did his first oh,
1: yeah," Yes. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, 15-month-old ho oh, yeah, yeah" success story.
0: Did you send it to the Sus King on... <laughs> I gotta record that. it.
1: I gotta oh
0: get it. <laughs> he that would so love good. that. He's got. You gotta have the pizzazz. Gotta have the pizzazz, little buddy. Little buddy. <laughs> um, flirty texting, underrated all day long. <laughs> so flirty texting is how TK and I actually met um, and became BFFs. And when I say flirty texting, again, it's in the industry. So, like, you are an agent sending an offer over mm-hmm. to another agent, and I just say to you. The offer's in your inbox, right? And then you, another agent, rolls in. Another agent rolls in and texts you, hey, it's TK. Hey. With 20 emojis. (laughs) And, like, dude, bro, I got this just badass offer in your inbox. Got a bitchin' offer, Yeah, and then you send a a GIF with, like, some guy, like, high-kicking or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, immediately I want to work with that person. Immediately. Like, I'm just like, yep. And so, anyways, TK – um, we call it flirty texting just because it's like emojis and fun stuff. But like realtors, please like add some personality into your messages. Don't just forward me an sign link with the offer. Like have a nice summary with like some sort of vibe to what you do because that will get you noticed. It will make me as a listing agent want to learn more about you and probably mm-hmm. work with you because I can tell you care. It's the experience, right? Yeah. Um, so you're not just delivering an offer. You're delivering an experience to another agent as well. And uh, anyway, so so really, really fast forward the story. I thought TK was a cute blonde girl uh, via text <laughs> via text because of the way he was texting. And then I called him and I asked for TK because a man answered the phone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Bro, I'm TK. It's me. It's me." <laughs> and I what I say to you right away. Oh my god, dude! I totally thought you were a cute blonde. Chick. <laughs> that was our first interaction. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: fantastic. I'm like,
0: that's fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, a good assistant, underrated. Underrated, absolutely. How about virtual assistants? Underrated. Yeah. If you guys have not looked into virtual assistants, reach out. We have a great connection. We've got a few. Full-time uh, virtual assistants for $10,000 a year. Underrated. It's insane, and they're incredible. My vir- I have a virtual assistant that runs my entire transaction coordination department. We sell about 200 houses a year, mm-hmm. and that position in the States is sixty seventy thousand dollars 70000
1: Yep, I've got a marketing one. Um, I've got my own personal assistant VA as yep. well. Um, we're looking at some TC stuff too to, to piggyback off of uh, um, our executive assistant as well. So it's pretty it's pretty dialed.
0: I, I really it's, really enjoy them. Yeah, and they are so grateful. they like it's, it's life changing yeah. money for them. Yeah, you no. Know? Um, professional photos like of houses underrated. Yeah, still yeah. it's amazing to me that people don't do high end professional photos. They're not that expensive, people. No, like, get, a, really get a
1: partnership not. with a photographer, yeah. get a consistent thing going, get a little discount code per order, and just run with it. Have some fun.
0: Yeah, it, it is, I think, the most important thing you can do for your client. Um, business cards. Overrated. Yeah. Do you uh, do you popple, bro? I, I popple occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> I actually recently um, got rid of my popple widget because I haven't used it in so long, but... It's an incredible thing. Popple is like a a basically a QR code that you can scan, and not even a QR code. It's a signal you can send someone on their phone, and Mm -hmm. it's like all your contact information. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. You can
1: add little um, widgets on there too for different social media accounts if you have collaboration pages, you have websites you want people to check out. You have home buyer workshops you want people to look at. You yep. can add it all in there via uh, hyperlink.
0: Yep. It's pretty cool. And uh, on my business cards, on the back, we have a QR code to a digital brochure, which I think is way more valuable than the actual business card. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you just have a plain business card, like yep. you might as well just like have toilet paper instead. Like it's, Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Couldn't agree more. Um, a couple more. Social media. Underrated. Mm-hmm. It's the necessary evil that... yeah you have to do in this Mm -hmm. industry at this point videos underrated Mm -hmm. internet leads underrated severely yeah a lot of people would say overrated to that Mm -hmm. but you're proof that you can build a incredible business from internet leads if you just do it the right way
1: yeah i i would add that there is there is a profit margin per source but if you treat them the right way there is a very profitable way to,
0: to leverage that yep uh Business partnerships. Underrated. Being this is one of your pillars, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Being a team leader. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's overrated, people. If you're out there thinking, I'm going to start a team, please call us, and we will let you know all the reasons why there's a different and better option to do this.
1: Or all the necessary evils you're actually signing up for.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, it. It's trust me, it's rewarding. There's a reason you and I both do it, right? Yep. I wouldn't change it. However. It is is not what you think it is, and it is not what people portray it as. Correct. I think most people think, team leader, I get a cut from everyone's stuff. I'm going to make all this money, and I'm going to drive a Mercedes-Benz, and like whatever. Cool. That's not how it is at all. You're doing things for everybody else the entire day, plus then you have to sell houses most of the time. Some team leaders don't, but most have to Mm -hmm. to survive in this market, and Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, just be careful before starting a team. Um, I know at most brokerages that's your only play to like do something different. Grow, but there are business models out there that allow you to to profit from other people's businesses without you having to actually start a team.
1: Yeah, you can do t- you can do team leader style stuff without being a physical team leader. If that makes sense. Yeah. If you want to know some of the different structures you have available to you, please reach out to us. We can tell you.
0: Last one and most important one. Having a BFF as a business partner
1: underrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, TK and I are business partners at EXP, and uh, it's I just love having him for his knowledge, but also just the fact that he's just like one of the best guys I know. So it's way better to have
1: fun with somebody that's even a competitor. Technically, I mean, on paper, we, yeah. we can be competitors. You're it, right down the road. We from
0: definitely me. are compete. Uh, on paper, we're competitors. We're, yeah, 10 miles apart. And we even get to compete with each other
1: right. for fun. Right. But I think one thing that this industry is notorious for as well, um, pinning people against each other mm-hmm. and the just the expectation that you can't have other friends as competitors. Yeah. But, like, you got to have somebody to have fun with. Like, you're on a rocket ship together. Right. Take
0: your friends with you. Yep, exactly. And to be honest, I don't think – i maybe you can say otherwise. I don't think we've ever competed. No, for we've never been in competition buyer, no. like not even once. And yeah. we're only 10 minutes apart and we do the same freaking thing. We do. So <laughs> that that like if we're not competing guys, like mm-hmm. no one out in the industry has to worry about it. Just just be friends with people, share and uh, good things will happen.
1: So, And honestly, if we were ever competing, we'd probably just co-list it together. Oh, a thousand percent. I can't wait for that day. Yeah. If someone's so like, well, I'm also talking to TK. Is,
0: <laughs> somebody is in for a treat. I'm going to oh. I'm gonna pull you up on speakerphone when I'm at the appointment and be like, hey, TK, I got so-and-so here. Um, do you want to just co-list this bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be like, I'll take over the flirty texting.
1: You can do try the listing it, press. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah, I'll do the listing <laughs> press. <laughs> Since you don't really do them. Um, Well, anyways, I want to say, first off, thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Appreciate you being here. (laughs) Thanks for having Um, me. I think anybody that's listening um, had to have learned quite a bit. I know every time I talk to you, I learn something. So it's it's just amazing that uh, you have built such an amazing business, and I can't wait to see what you do in the next – Five ten years. The good part is, is I'm going to be right there with you. Which yeah, is right baby. be Even better. Um, I love that for us. So I love that for us for sure. Um, but anyway, so just thank you. And uh, anyone else, I, or for everyone else listening, I just want to uh, say I sincerely, sincerely hope that uh, you got a few takeaways out of this. You know what I mean. Um, and if there's anybody out there that is a top producing agent that would like to be on the podcast and share what they do, um, I'd be happy to have you. Please reach out. If anybody else out there has any further questions about anything we talked about today, we're open books. Um, so, you know, we're, we don't bite. Just reach out. We're, we're here to help. And uh, we'll see you on the next Level Up podcast. Have a wonderful day, everybody.